Hello and welcome back to the B2B Copywriting Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sliestrom, and today we're going to talk about uh, landing pages and how to optimize landing pages. So, if you know the basics of uh, copywriting, which I hope you do, because this is episode 12, so you have 11 other episodes to go through and to learn the basics. Now you sort of know what a landing page would look like and what the point of it is. So, in this episode, we're going to talk about how to optimize them, not how to create them, not what they should have, what content they should have, how they work, and all that, like, one-on-one stuff. Now, this is this is on how to optimize. So, how do you optimize a landing page? Well, the most important thing is that to be able to optimize something, you need to have actually traffic on the page. You can't optimize something that basically doesn't exist or only exists in your world. You need to get constant feedback from your market so that you can make better changes. That's what optimization is. But you can't optimize something that doesn't get any traffic. So at this point, if you don't get any traffic to your landing pages, well, you you need to work on that first. As in, and then you need to decide how you're going to get the the traffic to your landing pages. And that's, that's for you to decide if you're going to do it through paid media or just by growing an audience through any of the social medias out there or your own blog and SEO or anything. That, but that's not, that's not really the point of this, this episode. So let's get into the first thing that I want to point out when it comes to optimizing landing pages. And that is the, the whole idea that you need to remove as many steps that you possibly can that the, the traffic or the people your audience has to take to get where you want them to go. Does that make sense? So let's say they arrive on, on your page and what you want them to do on that landing page is you want them to submit a form. Maybe it's a, a demo request. Maybe it's a, a callback form. Maybe it's just a Maybe just to join your list. It doesn't really matter. Well, whatever it is, you need to remove friction. So how do you remove friction? Well, many ways you just go and uh, actually you you look at your whole page through the lens of your audience. And you remove the things that aren't really relevant to the goal. And the goal, again, it is to get them to submit the form. So, for instance, do you have too much design there? Is, is, is there any type of design there that doesn't really drive people towards the, the action? Is the form above the fold? As in, when they, when they arrive on the page, do they see the form immediately? And is the headline really clear? Does the headline state that, okay, if you submit this form, you get this? Or is there something else there? And are there lots of links away? to, you know, other things, other things that kind of distract them. And what about the copy? Is it so basic, so clear that they don't have to stop to decipher, like, okay, what is this about? I thought I, I wanted this, but now this copy is talking about something else. You know, it's everything needs to drive the, the traffic towards submitting the form. That's how you optimize a landing page. And that's, that's the mindset you need to have when you look at landing pages in general. 
And when we're talking about uh, removing friction, well, we all also get to the point where we ask, okay, so how long should the landing page be then? Because the longer the landing page, the more friction there is, right? Well, not really, because the idea with any copy, really, is to, you have as much as needed for the, the audience to do the action you want them to do. It's not about long or short. Is it, is it short or long enough? If there's something that you can remove and they, without uh, uh, lowering conversion rates, then you remove it. And if you can add something that apparently uh, increases conversion rates, then you do it. It's, you have to be a bit of a scientist in, the, in this, or you have to have a uh, scientific approach to this. You follow the data, the data tells you when something is long enough or short enough or when it's correct. There's no such thing as, okay, you need to have only 300 words on this page because blah, 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 blah. Think, thinking along those lines and having these set so-called best practices in place, they'll just uh, mess with you and you'll, you'll do weird decisions because of some, something that doesn't apply to you or your situation or your audience or, or your niche or your product at all. But all of this being said, however, if you notice that the copy on your page is, is well, quite, I mean, it's kind of subjective, but if you think that it's quite long, say that there's like 1,000, 2,000 words on the page, and you think that, okay, but this is needed for them to convert on this form, then I would uh, challenge you to think that, are you asking a bit too much of them if you need to have that much text on your form, on your landing page to begin with? Because, you know, when you get them to your email list, then you can kind of relax and you don't need to sell them on the first email. And also, you don't need to... The, the thing that they are converting on shouldn't be that big of a, a deal. You need to really, really, like, persuade them that much. Because the way uh, digital marketing works nowadays and with the tools you have available and the, the data... You can kind of afford to do sort of baby steps when it comes to conversions. Like if you have some big product or big course or something that you're selling, you don't need to do it like sell them immediately on the landing page. You can first you, first you sell the, the email list and the newsletter in general. Then you start selling selling some kind of uh, trials or or just clicking and just getting them to trust you more and so on. Then you can have a, you know, maybe a webinar or a live event, a video in some form. And after that, you can start pushing some campaign or where you actually do promote your course or your products. And in B2B, it's the same thing. Like say you have a, well, that's your, your marketing for a SaaS company and you need to, you have your, have your targets and so on. But especially then actually, because if it's a B2B SaaS, there's bound to be more people, more people involved in the decision-making pro process. So there's no point in having trying to sell something on the landing page when you don't even know if the person who that converts on the landing page is the right person. Or that, the, like, I mean, for B two B, it's more of a branding play in general because uh, most of the time, it's a very jobs to be done type situation where 
they simply don't have the budget or they don't have the need and they don't have the people at the company right now where they can actually make the decision to buy whatever you're selling. So instead, it's way smarter to just get them on your list, get it, get them on onto your events, then just uh, keep sending them stuff, keep being top of mind until they realize that, okay, we actually need to get this type of uh, solution. And then you're in the back of their heads like, oh, wait, I think this company has exactly what we need. All right, so to summarize, if you feel like the copy on your landing page is trying to sell maybe a bit too much, then it's totally okay to just split the landing page in two and have a, have your emails and your your whole your drip campaigns and your your email marketing do half of the job instead of trying to really push with a landing page when your competitors probably aren't okay and now let's go to the next thing you need to do when it comes to to landing page optimization and this thing is continuous a b testing and I know people talk about this all the time. Oh yeah, we need to A-B test and we need to do this and blah, blah, blah. But very seldom does it, does it actually get done. And is it, is it constantly being... Uh, like th there's no constant process for it. And for instance, um, a normal thing is that you A-B test something and you have clear winner. And then you just, okay, you pick the winner and you forget the loser. And then six months later, you do the same A-B test even though you you know that, or you have the data that shows that, okay, this type of uh, copy or, or this variation didn't work. But because uh, you just forget about the losers, you keep doing the same mistakes and testing the same things for no reason. And that's one big big mistake that I see, see happening a lot is that there's no way of, um, or, or companies just don't have any processes set up where they actually categorize and save their old A-B tests so they know, okay, we tested this, it worked. We tested this, it didn't work. Because the way that... I usually talk about um, creating your own data. And this is exactly what that is. It's creating your own data and, and uh, learning about the, the whole market and your, your target audience. And all of those learnings should go into some sort of um, learning management system or whatever you, you want to use. It should be somewhere and it should be available to everyone that wants to look at it because it's really important. But moving on, so I was just a bit of a side note here. But actually, when it comes to continuous A-B testing, the important thing is that before you set up a test, you need to create a hypothesis. Remember how I talked about how you need to be kind of like a scientist? Well, this is just a con continuation of that. You need to be a scientist. And so you need to create a hypothesis that says that, okay, we think that these changes will do this and this because of that. So let's say you have um, a landing page or an ebook, and you have the, the basic, you have three bullet, bullets on one side, then an image, and then the form. And then you, you create a B variation page. And the major difference is instead of the form, you have a button that when you click on it, it opens up the form. And the hypothesis is, and because of this type of micro conversion where where the the traffic or the people already have to have clicked once on that they want to get the ebook or something like that, that they're more inclined to fill out the rest of the form because they're kind of invested already. 
And that is the hypothesis. You need to have some kind of hypothesis. If uh, if it turns out that, that it's wrong or that it doesn't convert as well as the so-called the control, which is the Hebraish variation, the one that's dominating right now, the one that you're trying to beat, that is called beating the control, then then that's fine. You, you need to have a hypothesis. And especially in the beginning, when you start testing, you need to focus on testing one thing at a time, because again, you need to be scientific. If you test everything, you have no idea what actually, uh, well, which changes actually helped and which changes were like, didn't do anything. And that's what you test one thing at a time so that the data is accurate and that you can trust it. And then moving on also when you, when you just start testing out, you start with the big ideas, not uh, small, tiny changes like uh, borders on the form or colors. Or something like that. No, you test the actual thing that you're saying. Like, uh, if you have a huge benefit, you can test a completely different benefit and see if that works, or a completely different angle. Instead, you could have uh, some type of user-generated content as the big driver. You can change the the image so that the the whole page looks completely different and has a completely different tone. That's what I mean with testing big ideas. Like, you need to test big changes. It can only be one change, but it has to be big. Because otherwise, like, you're not going to see, like, I know everybody talks about, like, um, how with copywriting you can just change one word and you'll get, like, 100 times the conversions. And while that may be true, in those cases, that word completely changed the big idea. You don't, you don't change a preposition or you don't remove a preposition or something, some small filler word and it'll make all the changes in, in the world like it just it blows my mind that people think about that or think in those terms because that is insane so anyway test big ideas test one thing at a time and write down and store somewhere whether the test was successful or not okay and then a third thing that i haven't mentioned yet is that uh Keep accessibility in mind. Make the, the design very simple. And this is something that uh, many marketers kind of kind of miss because uh, not every marketer has a copywriting background or a performance marketing background. So it's easy to, to misunderstand this. But when, you, when you're working with landing pages, you're not an artist. You're not a designer. You're not even like any type of creative person. What you are is you're a remote salesperson. And what you're selling is the CTA or the action. So with that in mind, you create, again, and also keeping the, the first tip in mind, which was to remove as much fric friction as possible, is that you create simple landing pages, as simple as possible, with accessibility in mind, so that even those that are like, a bit like have their vision impaired or just like can't, see that well anything like that you keep that in mind because the point is even those that maybe don't, don't have any like uh, impairments like that when it's super crystal clear it helps them as well because they don't need to put as much effort into actually reading and understanding and decoding your message and that's also something that's really important in these days because um I mean I'm sure you've heard of the, the saying that, you know, nowadays 
a goldfish has a longer attention span than, than a human. And that's obviously wrong, but the point still stands that that the attention span is suffering not maybe because of something in our psychology, but more because uh, there's just we're being bombarded with so many marketing messages and messages in general. Everybody wants our attention, and there's a huge war on attention and on getting as much attention as possible. And what that means for us copywriters and marketers in general, it means that people are very quick to leave your site. The, the bounce rates are lower than ever before. And uh, every single platform out there is just trying to keep readers on their platform because um, that's just how, how it works. And as we're on the topic of, you know, uh, people having the attention span of, uh, of a goldfish, well, we need to keep that in mind in our copywriting. Now, I wrote down four of the, the, the basic emotions that your, your copy needs to elicit. And this, I think this will just keep increasing in importance as, as the world changes and becomes even more hyper-focused on, on quick information and just too much information at one time. And these four emotions are new, easy, safe, and big. And this isn't uh, something I've thought of. It's actually from a copywriter called Carl Milligan. You may have heard of him. He's, uh, he runs something called the Copy Squad. But anyway, just to quickly sum up what, what these four emotions are and how your, your copy needs to address them. New means that whatever you're, you're selling, whatever you're promoting, it needs to feel new. There needs to be something, an idea that, okay, this is something I haven't seen before. Because if they have seen seen it before, or if they think they do, then they're just going to categorize that, okay, boring, I don't care, whatever. And they're going to leave. And that's how you get the, uh, the four-second bounce rates. Now, the next emotion, easy. It's kind of makes sense, right? If something is difficult, ooh, ooh, that's too much work. I'm out of here. So it needs to be new. It needs to feel. And it needs to feel easy. And the third one is safe. It needs to feel safe. So when they uh, submit their, their personal information to you, they need to trust you and it needs to feel safe to, to do so. So that's more of a design type of thing and uh, just uh, the proof that you have and everything. You need to look like a real business with all the privacy policies and all, all that stuff. You need to give them so much proof that they think that, okay, this, is, uh, this person, this company will handle my uh, personal information in, in, in the correct manner. And then, of course, you need to do it. Just it's just basic business business ethics. But you don't need to know about that, or you don't need to hear about that because you, of course, know it already. I hope. And the fourth one is big, so it needs to have a like whatever you're selling needs to have a big change. You can't sell something for five hundred bucks and say, okay, this this won't really do much for you, but it'll probably help a bit. Now, it, it, you need to have a big claim, and of course, you need to back up that claim. But the claim needs to be big. So those are the four, four emotions. New, easy, safe, big. And that's something you can work on in your copy as, as in you have a checklist. New, easy, safe, big. Like you go through the, the landing page and you check, okay, does this, does this copy or this whole offer, does it bring out or elicit the, these four emotions? New, easy, safe, big. 
And then if it doesn't, well, you need to either improve the copy or, and this is usually even easier, you just improve your offer. Simple as, because while you can create and improve your copy a lot, it there are limits to it before it, it becomes a bit, a bit borderline, so to speak. But when you actually improve your offer, well, that's, that's proof in itself. All right, and that uh, brings us to the end of this, this episode. I've talked for 20 minutes and it feels like I've talked for decades. No, I'm kidding. But I think this should be enough for you to really have a good uh, understanding of how to optimize your landing pages. And if there's something that you want to ask me, any comments, anything at all, you can always email me at mats at nordiccopy.com. So that's my name, M-A-T-S, Mats at nordiccopy.com. Feel free to email me with whatever. And um, say if you if you need help with any, any projects you're doing, I am available for hire at the moment. So keep that in mind. But anyway, thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.